Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? I learned that from the Nancy Drew detective. Okay, go. You think you can follow the clues and solve the case of the missing condiment, Nancy Drew? Because I've read every Nancy Drew mystery ever written. Nancy, please tell me you're joking. Wow, you suck at this Nancy Drew stuff. You should get a new hobby. My name is Carson Drew, and this is my assistant, Nancy. Nancy. Nancy Drew. It's curtains for you, Miss Drew. Hello, regular Drews. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 61. Yes, today we are going back to the Her Interactive games, which is very exciting because we've started with an earlier Mm -hmm. um, one of the games in the series. Yeah, this is number three, Message in a Haunted Mansion. Yay! Um, This was originally, not originally, it was only released in... November of the year 2000, uh, November 24th. So right before Christmas, this was their pre-Christmas game release. And it's so old, Corey, that at the very beginning of the game, Nancy introduces it as, welcome to my latest cyber mystery. Oh, yeah, I noticed that, yeah. (laughs) This is a a relic. It Mm -hmm. is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It shows that it was made in 2000, but it's a solid game. It's really good. Mm -hmm. I think that if it was, you know, one that was made around the time of Sea of Darkness, for example, the same story, I think it would have been one of the best games by far because there's just so much potential for even what they were able to do in 2000. There's so much potential with with even that same concept. I don't know. It's a great one. No, I totally agree. I mean, it's just the vibe of the game is just like unmatched. Like oh, yes. just the spooky quality of everything. They did such an amazing job setting like this ambiance for the game that that is just yeah, it's I mean you can you know, we can talk about like how the game mechanics, sometimes the dialogue is a little clunky and you know, all of that stuff as you would expect in a game from the year two thousand. But right. to consider how successful they were in just really setting setting up such a good premise and like such a good just yeah spooky vibe like it's just so fun to play it's so fun to play also such a good one yes (laughs) also it's just such it's so nostalgic for me um because you know it's one of the earlier games and so this was one of the ones that I've just replayed so many times over and over and over again, because it was one of the only games that, you know, we had back in the day. Right. Um, And also it just has just the most amazing nineties, like (laughs) vibe, like in Abby's room. (gasps) I love Abby's room. Like the spiritual, like nineties, like moon and like, you know, Zodiac, uh, mm-hmm. all of Very that. Very celestial. Yeah. So good. So good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful game. Despite the 2000s graphics, it's a beautiful game. It really Definitely. Is. Yeah. It really is. 
I'm trying to think of some fun facts for this one. Um, oh, so of course, this was the first game by Her Interactive that was sold in big box stores. So for a lot of a lot of people who were fans of the games around this time or fans of Nancy Drew, this might have been one of your first games that you ever played, obviously, if you know, there was only three at the time. Obviously, that was going to be one of your first anyway. But a lot of people really got hooked from Message and Haunted Mansion, which is cool. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you know. You, I saw you put in the notes here how it's kind of easy to just do things in pretty much whatever order. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that they had that quite nailed down their process of doing the right. programming and everything behind behind the scenes. Because there is actually a way to solve this whole game in less than eight minutes. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> is it just to, to solve the Diego puzzle on the stairs and then you just go? That's one of them, yeah. 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 Pretty much all you really need to do is um, everything that happens after the tapestry moves. Like, there's a few okay. conversations that you can trigger to get that done in the first, like, couple minutes. And then from there, you just solve the end puzzle. And there's yeah. nothing There's nothing in the programming stopping you from just, like, going and doing the end puzzle within <laughs> 10 minutes. So you an know? easy game to speedrun. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think it's the fastest one to speedrun, yeah. actually. Even faster than Secrets Can Kill, which... If you play that one just normally, you can do that in less than an hour if you go fast mm-hmm. enough. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a short game overall anyway. It's not super long. Uh, I think, yeah. yeah, I did. Obviously, I didn't speed run it in preparation for this episode. Right. <laughs> but I think overall, it still took me like, what, two hours, maybe? Right. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not a long one, which is characteristic of the games of the time for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's still a shame because it's it's such a good story. Yeah. It is, of course, based off the mystery story by the same name. Let me read the description for that. When Nancy, Best George, and Nancy's housekeeper Hannah Gruen travel to San Francisco to help Hannah's friend renovate a charming old Victorian mansion, they encounter possible ghosts, a legend of hidden gold, and greed. So, sounds pretty much exactly the same. Um, except, yep, just Hannah right. wasn't in, in game right. and Best and George. Right, right, right. But yeah, yeah. We should read that one. Oh, we should. I want to, I do really want to eventually read more of those like 2000s uh, Nancy Drew oh, yeah. mystery story books because the covers are just so iconic on those, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love them so much. And those are the ones I read a lot of too because I would check them out from the library. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Just so, so much nostalgia. I feel like more exciting things happen in the book because I'm sure there's many different covers, but the particular cover that I have, Nancy's like on the roof of the Golden Gardenia and is like like falling falling off. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Sounds very exciting. So fun. Okay, so three words for this one. Oh, um, Phoenix. Got to be Phoenix. (laughs) Phoenix. Yeah. San Francisco. Oh, oh, like the bird, the phoenix. I'm sorry. My brain, I just played Shadow Ranch, so my brain is on Phoenix, oh, Arizona. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I, when the I was eye like, it's not the in phoenix. phoenix is in your hand. Yes. No, I just, I, Phoenix the bird. Phoenix Thank the you. bird. Yes. That's perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe like um, antiques. Uh, yes, yes, antiques. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of words that capture the vibe, you know. Because I could say like you know San Francisco or gold or whatever, but I feel like that's not really that's not really relevant. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean it is of course construction. Very construction, yes, yes, that's it. Carpentry, that's it. <laughs> there we go. Ooh, Phoenix, antiques, construction. That's the vibe of this game. So and also I mean we talked about it before, but spooky, spooky. Yes. 
Phoenix. Spooky antiques and spooky construction. There you go. Perfect. That's the game. Spooky construction. (laughs) Okay. So let's just start talking about, you know, the general gist of the game before we start diving into the specifics. So kind of these older games in general are much different than the newer ones, of course, obviously. But, you know, there are, you still have a junior and senior detective choice at the beginning of the game, which I am lame. And I always choose junior detective because I'm just not interested in having a hard time <laughs> solving puzzles. You get a task list, too. Exactly. Um, it's just much more guided or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this game, you know, there's no center of operations. And there's no, like, little menu down at the bottom. There's no cell phone. Yeah, no, like, task list that you can just access whenever. Although Nancy does have a notebook in her suitcase that you can check periodically. Um, that does kind of offer some guidance and some directions on like people mm-hmm. you should talk to and things that you should do. Um, but no dedicated checklist, which makes me sad. I love the checklist. I think that might be part of one of my favorite like mechanics. Oh, games. yes. This is the checklist. I don't think that really started until I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, there's sort of a little bit of one Scarlet in the Hand. museum and Scarlet yeah. Hand, but that's just for like in game as your right. museum tasks list your duties there but i think ghost dog was, was really the first mm-hmm. one because nancy has that little pda that she carries around right, 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 mm-hmm. right, right. and she has one on there not that you can really check it off either because mm. i think the actual like check that's done yeah that didn't come in until much later right yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'm trying to think anything else about like how the game works Talk about? No, I think everything is pretty much pretty much once they get to message in a haunted mansion, pre- and pretty much everything is yeah, like pretty, pretty much in line mm-hmm. with everything else mm-hmm. from then on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know in secrets can kill. Like you don't even have directional arrows; you just <laughs> use the magnifying glass yes. for everything, which is so, so disorienting. Yes. <laughs> yes. But no, otherwise it's just our classic stack of books where we get the the menu and you start the game and mm-hmm. select your junior senior and then you, you really just starts you're just thrown right that's, in yeah okay yeah so that's kind of my big critique of the game we can talk about it a little bit more is that your you are just kind of really thrown in and it mm-hmm. and there is not a whole lot of introduction so the premise of the game is that we learn that Nancy is visiting San Francisco to stay with Rose Green who is a friend of Hannah's. Um, And Rose has recently purchased a historic San Francisco mansion and has been plagued by mysterious accidents during the renovations. Classic. Classic plot. Classic setup. Somehow it's always renovations being um, sabotaged. It's always sabotage, but here we are. Um, And so Nancy is visiting under the guise of helping finish these reservations, helping Rose finish. Um, But she's actually going to be investigating these accidents as Hannah has asked her to. But I think even Hannah was like, don't tell Rose that you're doing this because she didn't want it. She just she wanted to help Rose like subtly without Rose being aware of it even. Which is interesting. How does Hannah know Rose? Have we? I mean, I know Rose used to live in River Heights, but I guess... Since they lived in River I don't think everybody they knew each other. That. Yeah. Maybe that's something that they go into in the game and they just cut the for the sake of the. Oh, sorry, something that they go into yeah. in the game for that they cut for this. You said, I it, said again. it again, didn't I? <laughs> 
okay. I think it's something that they go into in the book for the, you know, and cut for the sake of the game. Yeah. Right, probably. Oh my gosh. Um, but so once we are in the game and exploring, the mansion is like huge. It's massive. I, oh, I mean, yeah. it's got to have at least six bedrooms. And the bedrooms are large, like massive. And I don't know if this was just because of the way that they had to do animation at the time or like navigation. I don't know how the system worked or whatever, but they're so big. <laughs> Nancy's bedroom is just massive. Um, um, and then there's like a sprawling first floor with like this beautiful grand entry hall and like this double staircase. And there's a basement, there's a bar in the basement, mm-hmm. um, which is very fun. It's kind of like saloon style, um, yeah. which is a little weird, um, considering that it's supposed to be from the 1920s, right? Or maybe no, it was pre 1920s. It's gold. Yeah, brush. no, I think it's so late 1800s. 1800s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Maybe that makes a little bit more sense in my brain. Um, yes, but still, but still, that's just what we see. There's still, right, right. I mean, because of all the scaffolding and the renovations, it's implied that there's a lot more to this house mm-hmm. that, I mean, there could be double the number of bedrooms, which is just what we see is massive alone for a, an old Victorian mansion in San Francisco. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. so pretty. Yeah. Um, but okay, this is, this is a question that I had about this whole place. Yeah, we're, there's supposed to be all these renovations going on. But it seems pretty finished to me. Like, I mean, I know, yeah, like you mentioned, we can't see everything. So it's possible that like, I don't know, the kitchen's not done or something. Obviously, that And it probably isn't, yeah. That would obviously be a big roadblock to opening. But it does seem kind of like you could just open. Like there doesn't, like. There doesn't have to be a kitchen. Right. Like there's like this, like all, at least you have at least one room finish and you have all like this massive grant the parlor is beautiful the Mm -hmm. library i mean there are some boxes in the library but other than that it's done like yeah there's there's like one scaffolding and like one ladder set up and it's like other than that and then the basement other than that yeah (laughs) and they're already living there so it's not like it's unlivable exactly like yeah oh well yeah so all right um, but yeah, so it's massive and it's also very like explorable. Like you definitely feel like there's something about like the long hallways and mm-hmm. just a lot of different nooks and crannies that I feel like you can just look at. You're not necessarily, it's not necessarily vital to continue to get through the game. Um, right. and so it just feels, it's like, oh, I don't know, something about the older games had like such a way of like really creating a setting that is just explorable for like being explorable, like for its own sake. Um, And it's just, just so good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so all the different places we can explore is Nancy's room, Abby's room, all the different hallways, um, a secret attic room we can get into um, the great hall, the living room kind of parlor area, um, a downstairs hall, the dining room, the basement. And then there are some other hidden areas that I don't want to mention just yet right off the top. Cause I don't want to create any too big spoilers here. <laughs> if you have, you gotta play. have the secret passageways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we unfortunately do not ever leave the mansion, which I think is a little sad. I think that if this game were created, you know, more recently, we would probably have a smaller explorable mansion and we probably would have a couple locations out in San Francisco that we could. Oh, definitely. As well. 
if it were a modern day game, we would definitely have like Nancy sent into town to do some chores or to run some errands. And oh yeah, there would definitely be stuff like that. There would a hundred percent be like some cafe or coffee shop or, or something somewhere in Chinatown that we have to go to, to like get some information about gumbo foo or something. Oh my gosh. And like opening a puzzle box or some, that would Mm -hmm. be so good. Some food puzzle where we go and we get some snacks or so. Oh, it would be, it would be great. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Honestly, <laughs> now my brain's just going. It's like thinking mm-hmm. about how we could, uh, you know, uh, remaster this game. <laughs> yeah. What else could we do to it? There would definitely be a mini game of some sort in the basement. There mm-hmm. would be more secret passageways mm-hmm. throughout the mansion. Mm-hmm. A couple more that you could find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There would have to be a little bit more action and excitement, I think. There's really only one moment of like true excitement in the game, and I, that's always the yeah. fire for me. Um, okay, yeah. Other than that, even the ending is a little flat, I think. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to talk about that when we get there. Of course. Um, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the characters. So... Throughout the game, we meet and interact with a few different folks. We have, of course, Rose Green, who is the primary owner of this mansion, and she divvies out some tax- tasks uh, to Nancy, and her location is the dining room. So to talk to her, we always have to go to the dining room. Um, we also have Abby, and she's the co-owner of the mansion, and Abby is a spiritualist and into tarot, astrology, and ghosts, um, and we can talk to her by knocking on her bedroom door on the second floor. Um, And then we have Charlie, who is the young, inexperienced handyman that Rose hired for a bargain. Um, He's also a college student, and um, we can talk to him in the basement where he's working. And then we have Louis Chandler, uh, a local antiques dealer who is using Rose's library for research in exchange for his advice on the restoration of the mansion. And then we have our phone characters, who is Bess and George, Hannah, and then some chick named Emily. (laughs) I think this is the only game where we actually get to talk to Hannah, isn't I it? I know. Mm-hmm. I can't remember another game. I mean, sometimes we can call and we like hear the message, like the, the voicemail, yeah, mm-hmm. um, at their home. But you don't actually Hannah. get to talk to her, right? But like, you could have like an actual conversation with Hannah, um, which is very exciting. I was very excited yes. to do that. Um, Corey, who is Emily? Who? I'm sure this is revealed better in the book. I'm sure that they go into it somehow. She's just some friend of Hannah's. Yeah, I mean, like, we do learn eventually that she's, like, uh, some kind of journalist. um, Mm -hmm. She does research, and she, like, travels and stuff, and she helps us with our case. But, yeah, it's very unclear, like, how we know her. But it's just like, oh, yeah, Emily's in town. Call Emily. Talk to Emily. Emily can help you. It's like Hannah, I think, tells us that. And it's like, What? Who? <laughs> I think it's just maybe she lives in San Francisco yeah. and Hannah's like, yeah, I have this other friend that lives there. Call her if you need anything. Or maybe she's closer to Nancy's age. I didn't really I get I did not a sense of an age. I did yeah. kind of think, and I don't know what your opinion on this, but I did kind of think she was supposed to be a Mildred Wirt Benson kind of a character. You think so? Definitely. That's it cute. Just, it did seem like she was just kind of like jet setting and... From her voice, she seemed to be an older person to me, mm-hmm. but I don't know. But yeah, it's it's kind of unclear. But I could see how she could be. Um, mm-hmm. And and yeah, and she's a journalist. And so it just felt like there were some, you know, some maybe like inside uh, jokes there going on or some in- like references it. going on there, you know. 
Because where did she go at the end? Was it Central America? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. That feels very Mildredy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mildredy. That's not <laughs> <laughs> Mildred esque. Mildred esque. There we go. Yeah. That just sounds like mildewy or something. <laughs> oh, <That's, no. laughs> it doesn't evoke the best <laughs> connotation. Oh, Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, but yeah. Um, anything else I want to say about the characters? Mm, no, I think that's. If we were to get a remastered, maybe we'd have more characters or something cool, or maybe the end would be partially open and we'd get some guests or something well, to talk to. Well, we definitely have to have some Ned drama thrown in there. Yes, um, yes. Hmm, I'm trying to think of what original Ned drama we could add in. Maybe, maybe like, none at all, because Charlie's already... Oh, that's what we should say. Oh, Charlie is the, the, the voice actor. Who, yeah, who will voice Ned for the rest of the series, because I don't think we meet Ned for the first until Treasure in the Royal mm. Tower, the next game, right? Mm, yeah. No, he is. He's in um, Stay Tuned for Danger. We can call him. Never mind. Oh, you're right. Is it the same actor, though? Oh, I gotta look now. But yeah, the guy who voices Ned voices Charlie in this one. He'll voice Ned for the rest of the series, but for some reason they... It's Ryan Campbell... Who is not the same guy. It's Scott Cardi who did. Yeah. 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 So it's a different voice actor in the. Yeah. And stay tuned. Interesting. So. So yeah, maybe we don't even need Ned in this one because he's already technically in it. I was going to say maybe he was like in San Francisco and then he leaves and then Nancy comes to visit San Francisco and he's like annoyed because they be missed good. each other. And he was like, if you had told me you were coming, Nancy, I would have delayed like my leaving. Right. <laughs> or maybe they're there at the same time and she's just like, oh, sorry, oh. I'm too busy to meet up with you. Oh like, my God. oh, you're across town. That's like 20 minutes away. There's no time for that. Oh, and he's just like, maybe like leaving notes for her in different locations. Be like, hey, I thought we were meeting. And then she sees it later. Oh my gosh. Perfect. Very <laughs> funny. Okay, anyway. Um, so I have chronicled like a list of all of the spooky different things that <sighs> happened, at least to me in this playthrough of the game. There may be more that I missed. Um, There's so many. Like, <laughs> on par with Ghost of Thornton Hall, which is, oh, I yeah. mean, obviously a way later game, but they packed so many hauntings in this short, so short game. much. So, first of all, the grandfather clock chime sound in like the grand hall or wherever. It might be the, I don't remember where it is. I think I'm pretty sure it's in the grand hall. Is this creepiest gong? Mm-hmm. Oh, like it's, it's so eerie. I hate that. I wouldn't want to hear that in person, especially nope. in the middle of the night. Nope. nope. Absolutely not. Um, so the curtains in the living room move by themselves. I got really spooked by that this playthrough. Um, there's also like it's also accompanied by like this scary violin noise, which mm-hmm. there's like a violin in like the living room parlor, like that. I guess it's supposed to be like wind coming over and like you know moving the curtains and making the violin make a weird noise. But I hate mm-hmm. it. No, absolutely not. Um, there is this ghost of a woman in the mirror in the second floor hallway. Um, which is like, she's like all in white. Um, and we'll talk more about that later. Um, there are these horrifying noises that you hear when you walk through the upstairs second floor area. Um, and they change. Gets me every time. Yeah. (laughs) There's like a really sad crying. Um, there's a laugh at one point. 
um, there are these whispered phrases. I'm, I don't know how many there are, but the one I remember is, I see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is <gasps> so un- unnerving because especially like it's so whispered that you can't really hear it at first. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who sees me? No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, And then, like, as you're, like, the hallways in the second floor kind of have a lot of turns. And, Uh like, when you're walking through, sometimes you can, like, see shadows, like, going just, like, just around the corner or something. Like, you just missed somebody or something um, in the corner. Um, And then there's one part where the phone rings in... The parlor, I don't know if this happened to you, but the phone rings and we have to like go Mm -hmm. over and answer it. And when we answer it, it's like this deep electronic, but like unintelligible voice. Yep. uh, Which is very weird. Very weird. Um, There's also, so when you walk through the hallway on the first floor from like the dining room to the great hall, there's like this beautiful stained glass door into the great hall and when you walk up to it you can see a shadow just moving directly across from nowhere to nowhere um Mm -hmm. on the other side of the door (laughs) that one oh that one gets me as well um i think there's also one part when you're in the basement where the door to the basement slams but like there's no one there Mm -hmm. and every single time you're just heading up the stairs yeah yes it's yeah There's also um, the in the parlor. There's that swan in table. Oh, I the forgot. swan will like yes, the swan moves like move its neck and bat its wings, which is weird. It's very weird. It doesn't even seem haunted. It's just like, what is that? Ugh. Did you ever see the movie? Um, oh, what was it called? It had Liam Neeson, and it was about this haunted mansion, and they were doing a sleep study in the mansion. It's called The Haunting Um, or something, or A Haunting. Maybe not. Um, It was definitely one of those movies that I should not have seen so young. Oh, no. Uh, Okay. I definitely did not see it then. It's called The Haunting. Um, And there are these creepy, like, cherub faces in, like... Uh -uh. Nope. Nope. (laughs) In this wooden bed. And they 100% move by themselves to start talking to the character. And it's so horrifying. That's I don't like that. What it nope. reminds me of. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I Ugh. do love that movie. It's actually a really good movie. Um, really? Oh yeah, I enjoy it a whole lot. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, very freaking spooky. Um, and we're going to have to talk about this haunting uh, afterwards because I have some questions. Um, some real questions. There's also... Um... Next to that grandfather clock, there's a couple chairs on the other side of the door, just in the main hallway. And if you go up to it, you'll see, you know, when you sit on a chair, it will like depress and then you stand up and it like will re, it will, it looks like somebody, there's nobody there, but it looks like somebody has just stood up from the chair because it will like, the seat will rise up a little bit when you walk over to it. I haven't which is seen super that one freaky. in the game. Really? I haven't, I've never seen that one. 
It's very subtle because unless so, yeah, you, you know, like notice. to look at the chair, it might just like do it without you even seeing it. Yeah. And then the, um, we get an explanation for this later, but in the parlor, there's a bouquet of roses that's always oh, just there and it keeps dying like very, very quickly within a day. So, and well, it just keeps doing that. We'll so. have to talk about that one later because yeah. yeah. Some of these they explain, some never get explained. Never. So it's very interesting. Okay, but do we want to dive into the game itself? Yes, okay. yes, of course. All right. Do you want to start us off this time, Corey? Sure. Okay. Um, so we start the game after we get the letter to Hannah, the little montage of here's what the mystery is supposed to be at, be about. Um, we start the we start off in Nancy's room. We can start kind of exploring and moving around now. Um, like you said, the room is absolutely massive <laughs> and it's decorated um, in what was a very popular style at the time that this mansion was built. It's this oriental design with lots of um, lots of like tapestries and um, there's you know little statuettes and everything. It's very pretty. They've decorated it very well. Um, we can explore a few things in the room. There's uh, Nancy's suitcase and notebook, of course. Um, like I said, there's a beautiful tapestry hanging on the wall in the room. And there's actually a poem like stitched onto this tapestry that's um, very elaborate, but it's clearly like coded instructions for something that we'll need for a puzzle later in the mystery. There's also something like on Nancy's bedpost, because it's this beautiful, massive four-postered bed. There's like something that we can't get open. There's like something that we can tell that it moves or comes apart in some way or something, but we can't actually get it to open up yet. Um, and we do also, as we, uh, there's some in Nancy's room, but as we move around the mansion, we find that there are these Chinese characters on a lot of different objects or Hanzi. Um, and we'll, of course, need those a little bit later on in the mystery as well. But we'll look around and we'll find lots. of. And if you click on something, Nancy will usually tell yeah, you what the translation that. is as well. Yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's actually something that's only for junior. In senior mode, she doesn't make a comment, oh, if you know. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That makes much sense. Just to make sense. it a little bit more obvious. So like, hey, you need to write this down and take note of what this means for later. Yeah. Um, next, we can go into the hallway. We find a vent that... For some reason, Nancy wants to open it, but we can't actually get it open. There is a dumbwaiter, but it's broken. There's just like, you can tell that the rope has been cut if you open the little door to it. Um, and there's just a bunch of random <laughs> portraits around. There's just a bunch of like construction stuff as yeah. well. So like we see some boxes in the corner and um, a ladder next to the boxes and some painting equipment and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I did just want to make a quick comment about the art. It does seem like a lot of the design in Nancy's room is like super intentional, right? Like it's mm -hmm. very cohesive or whatever. The hallway art is not. And, no. and I just don't understand what the vibe was like, what the, like, it just doesn't seem well designed. Like why are they all portraits? Like why, or mm -hmm. like weird, like there's a couple weird landscapes. It's just like, doesn't seem like you're really going for anything. No, else. there's no clear theme. It's, it's well just curated. random people. <laughs> And it's, it's like a hodgepodge. They're just kind of randomly hung everywhere in weird patterns and different time periods. And yeah. Yes, it's very weird. <laughs> Not that having a large collection of photos hung on the wall would look bad. But it's just like, necessarily, why? but it's just very, it's just very, it's too eclectic mm -hmm. in a way that mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. It would have been maybe better to just have just like wallpaper and just no painting sure yeah. those places, you know or just like one big painting right. or something right. you know something more simple yes. understated yeah yeah definitely. so definitely. <laughs> very interesting decor but i mean they're still in process of getting it all sure. set up so what the final whatever. product i shouldn't yeah. judge <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it is because some of these rooms are already being lived in yeah. but whatever <laughs> hard to know 
Um, actually, Abby is already living in her room, which is just down the hallway from Nancy's bedroom. Um, so we knock on her bedroom door and she comes out and starts talking to us. Doesn't introduce herself, though. So we just kind of have to assume that she's the Abby that um, we kind of learned about at the beginning. Um, but she immediately knows who Nancy is and she already is aware that we don't believe in ghosts. Um, we asked her if she thinks that the spirits are responsible for these accidents that have been happening, and she just gives us kind of this non-answer. Um, she does tell us, though, that the name Valdez, for some reason, she knows that that has a strong connection with the, the mansion. Um, but then she has to go meditate, so she just ends the conversation and nope, closes the door in our face. Yep. <laughs> Too many questions. What? Yeah. Slams the door. <laughs> we're done <laughs> sure um so we can go downstairs and talk to rose and again you guys you could do this in any order so yeah but so this is this is the order that i uh traverse the game this time around so go downstairs and talk to rose and she is ready for us to help you know renovate this place um we also ask about all the accidents um and she mentions a scaffolding collapse as being a recent accident and also a gas leak that's scary um she also tells us that all of the records of the house were destroyed in the great San Francisco earthquake years, years ago. Um, we can ask about, you know, all the different characters in the house or whatever. And she mentions Charlie, um, who is working on the renovation as well. She thinks he's cutting corners, um, but she can't complain about it because his rates are cheap. Mm, okay. Seems like you could maybe still complain about it, but Okay. Um, and also that Charlie just showed up out of the blue one day and it was weird because it was just like 20 minutes after she and Abby were talking about hiring someone to help them with the renovations. Hmm. Lol. Lol. Convenient. Interesting. Um, so our first task that she wants us to complete is fixing a little part of the floor in the corner of the dining room. Um, which we can go do, but she also says, oh, and also... Abby is going to be putting on a seance tonight. Ooh. <laughs> perfect, 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 perfect introduction to a spooky game is to talk about a seance and uh, build up the fact that we get to go to a seance later. I love it. I love it. I love it. Very spooky. Excellent. I also know that this was a, the first game for a lot of people. It was also the last game for a lot Aww. of people because a lot of parents in the 90s were not okay with this seance scene. And yeah. I've heard that from a lot of fans yeah. that have rediscovered Ooh. it as an adult. Like, oh, I remember my mom was not okay with that scene. So. Wow. Yeah, I don't think my parents knew about that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. I probably would not have been allowed to continue if they knew that that was in there. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Um, so different points of interest in the dining room. We can look inside like this china cabinet, I guess, in the drawer. There's a letter from Rose's insurance company that says she recently increased the coverage for fire and earthquake insurance to the mansion. Um, and also that she's a sole benefactor. Interesting. Interesting. Um, there's also sitting on that same, uh, I think it's a China cabinet, um, is a schedule of when all the people are around in the mansion, which is very helpful um, mm -hmm. because we can use this to know when we can go and snoop in people's rooms. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there is the floor puzzle that Rose asked us to do. This is the worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> So freaking annoying. Also, it's so easy. 
but trying to maneuver the pieces so that they mm-hmm. fit just right into the little spots because you have to make sure there's like no like space showing around it and also that it's highlighted the right color when you're like mm-hmm. putting it in there. So tedious, so annoying. I hate it. It's a very picky mechanic mm-hmm. for the game. It was very not designed the no, easiest. No, yeah. No, no. Um, it's especially hard when you're working with a laptop touchpad. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I bet. Oh, no. <laughs> it's no fun. Um, but once we finish repairing that part of the floor, um, we can talk to Rose again. And she asks us to find a chisel and chip off the rest of the broken tiles from a section of the ceiling that is upstairs in the hallway. Um, in the dining room, so Rose is pretty much there throughout the whole day. But we can search this area after she leaves um, and kind of look through the stuff that she has on the desk. And we see that Lewis is actually the one who sourced the scaffolding uh, that collapsed. Interesting. Interesting. Um, maybe it's not Charlie cutting corners. Why is Lewis buying things for the That's renovation if he's just there to source antiques and furniture for them? Well, I don't know. We don't know that he bought the scaffolding. He just found it. Right? So... But why is it his job to find the construction material? You it's know, like you think that that would be the construction crew's job or exactly. the owners of the, yeah, anyway. Yeah, you would think that. Um, there's also a, a letter from her, in, another letter from her insurance company that lists all of the claimed accidents that she has claimed for her insurance. None of them led to major damage, but they include a broken kitchen gas line, which she kind of mentioned previously, the a burst water main upstairs, Scaffolding collapse, which we also know about. Vandalism to outdoor shrubbery, which, interesting. Um, And some stolen roofing materials. Hmm. Having never read the book, but just having seen the cover of Nancy falling off the Golden Gardenia, (laughs) I think that that'd be so funny if that was like, actually Nancy fell off the roof and landed on the shrubs, and now they think that, oh, someone damaged it. No, just... (laughs) That would be excellent. That would be an excellent little uh, reference. Um, nearby the dining room where there is a little door off to the side that you can get down into the basement, uh, where our little bar situation is. And we can meet Charlie down there. Um, and we can talk to him and he does admit that he's still learning about remodeling. Um, so he knows he's kind of green, um, but he's happy that Rose took a chance on him so that he can get this experience. But he does deny having anything to do with the accidents, and he does get defensive when we ask about them. He also tells us he thinks Lewis is shady, <laughs> which is funny. Um, there are different. There's a lot of different interesting things in the basement. Um, there's some old newspapers off to the side, which uh, I actually don't remember anything about. I don't remember what they say at all. Um, I don't think it's anything super relevant. Um, I don't think so either. I think we get a little bit of information about just San Francisco history at the time. And that was the main point. Um, There's also an old player piano, uh, which is interesting and fun. And I don't think we can look in the bench. Can we look in the bench yet? Maybe we can look at the bench. Anyway. I don't remember. I think in the bench there's just a book with some old music in it, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and then off to the side over by the bar, there is also a little book of mocktails. <laughs> yes. Well, we can't have alcohol in the game. This is not a bar. This is a juice counter, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like in the Sims where they had to call like in, uh, the Sims three, they had to call like wine, like nectar. 
And oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> and yeah, in some of the later ones, that they never specifically say that it's alcohol. So funny. It's juice. Yeah, juice. Um, so we know Charlie's schedule because of the list in the dining room. So if we explore the basement after Charlie leaves, we can get a key from the old cash register over on the bar and a screwdriver hmm. out of his toolbox. So those will be very helpful to us later. Um, let's see. Upstairs, again, we can go explore the parlor living room area. Um, and this is a beautiful room. It's also really massive. Um, it's like there's like enough room for like eight couches in here yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. It's a lot and chairs and a fireplace and a desk. And there's a big old bay of windows with window seat. It's a lot. Um, and all of it is haunted. All of it's haunted. Um, there in that room, there is a box of old documents in front of the fire. And this is definitely the most interesting part of this room. Um, inside, we can look through all these papers and they seem to mention that someone originally sold this mansion to the ladies protection society. Hmm. Um, and we'll learn more about that later. Um, there's also a fire extinguisher in the cabinet in the living room foreshadowing if, there ever was any and there is a desk over in the corner with some papers and also um, a landline that we can use if you explore this desk (laughs) there are some letters like down in like a little drawer part of it where rose is i guess corresponding with a friend of hers someone named hugh stratemeyer I did not catch the last name. Oh my gosh. Why it's did it spelled funny? It's spelled like S T R A D D E M I E R or something. Yeah. I didn't think anything of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's a little That's fun. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Who is Hugh supposed to be then? I don't know. Hmm. I mean the only person I can think of. <laughs> Is Hugh Miller, but it's not him. Even that's a different spelling. Yeah. Because it's not no. it's not the um H U G H either. No. Yeah. It's H U E. I think it's H U E. Yeah. Yeah. H U E. It's weird. Hugh Miller is H U W. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. Interesting. So Hugh, it's a it's a reference it's to, to you, you it's if you. you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> they spelled it wrong on purpose and you were probably an infant at the time that this game was literally I don't know how old he is, but <laughs> Oh, so funny. Um yeah. Um, so we can use the landline and call our phone contacts if we want to. I did call Emily at this point and she gives us some information on the decor of the place because, um, you know, we mentioned that our room is, you know, Asian inspired or whatever. And she mentions that she recently researched Chinese dragons. And so she knows some Chinese characters This is where we learn about the Hanzi or whatever. So, um, she is a use, a very useful phone contact for us. Um, then there's this little door off the back of this parlor that leads into the library. And this is where we can meet and talk to Lewis. Um, he just not, he's not very forthcoming in this first meeting. He doesn't even seem to know about the accidents when we ask him about it. Um, and he's like, I'm too busy. I'm you know doing stuff. I'm sorry. I can't talk right now. And that's really all we get from him. Interesting. Too busy to know about the accidents, but not too busy to be ordering scaffolding, <laughs> which is not even part of his job. Interesting. Also, like, how could you not know about the scaffolding collapse if you literally were the one who sourced we're it? We're in charge of that, yeah. Um, but okay. 
Um, if a gas library. line burst in the house, you'd think you would notice because <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, hey, everyone evacuate. And you need to leave so you don't die. <laughs> I'm too busy. I don't remember that. <laughs> okay. Um, the library is very fun to explore. Um, there are like a bunch of different reference books scattered throughout the shelves that we'll need later. Um, there is a fireplace with some missing tiles on it. Um, and if we wait until Lewis is gone, we can search through his laptop, which is excellent. Um, but question, he leaves his laptop here? <laughs> Different world back in 2000. Um, so to get into his laptop, also, <laughs> you could get into his laptop by playing like a game, like a mini game, which is... This was weird to me. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, because that's not... Even back when computers were, you know, first created, it wasn't like you could just do a quick mini game and get into the mm -hmm. computer. You still had to have a password, you know? Um, they repeat this in Scarlet Hand as well, where you have to navigate the maze to unlock a computer. And a lot, of, especially in the later games, a lot of times if you, well, not a lot of times, all of the time, because that's how it works, you'll find the password, you know, written somewhere else right. around, or like it's, you have to decode it or something. No, the password for this is saved on the laptop itself. So, you, like, the, the point is you have to do the maze. Right. And then that unlocks the laptop, and then you get the password for the right. laptop so you can use that in the future so you don't have to do the maze, which is bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. No, it is bizarre. And also, like, the mini maze situation that you have to go through, it's, like, not even an actual maze. Right. It's just a path. Like, right. there's no way that you can't. You can, there's no way to fail. You cannot right. get off of the maze. You just have to follow it all the way through, and that's it. So it's just really like a time waster. Like, just <laughs> what? Um, but anyway, yeah, on his laptop, like you mentioned, you can find a list of, like, passwords to all things, which is, like, a password to his laptop. There's also a passcode to his briefcase, which we'll need later. So mm -hmm. make sure to write that one down. So the next thing we can do is um, we can go about back into the entryway with the big grand double uh, staircase. Um, we do see some massive scaffolding there set up in front of the walls, so we can't really explore that half the mansion. Um, but we do find a chisel here with some of the paint supplies, so we are going to need that later, so we grab that. Uh, when we look at the grand staircase in the middle of the mansion, we see that there are these massive golden phoenix busts on the, um, on the very end. The phoenix eyes all have rubies for eyes, um, but one of them is missing. So maybe we need to keep an eye out for that <laughs> later. Um, also on this staircase, we see that there is a massive chandelier that's kind of hanging in the center of the, the room. And on the staircase, there is the, um, I guess, the anchor where you can tie the rope for the, the staircase. The, staircase tie, tie the rope for the chandelier where you obviously you can raise it and lower it using that rope um but if you undo it obviously it falls to the ground and breaks so got to be careful with that and then there are some uh, at the top of the stairs there are some banister posts that we see spin a little bit and actually at the very bottom of the post there's a letter on each one of them so if we spin it the right number of times you can spell out a word um so we need to be on the lookout for which word to put into the banister too you know, do whatever it needs to do with the puzzle to unlock it. 
Alrighty, so if we remember, Rose asked us to do some work in the attic area. Uh, after we scrape off the tiles on the ceiling, we find a locked trap door. Um, Rose doesn't really care that we found this at all, but she does ask us to fix that dumbwaiter that's in the hallway that's broken. Um, so we're able to use the key that we found in the basement where Charlie's working to open the door that goes up to the attic. Um, so we look around in the attic a little bit and we find a ton of old stuff. There is a desk that is locked, so we'll need to come back to that later. Um, but we also find a diary from a woman who is describing that she went on a trip to China, and when she was there, she was given this beautiful old Chinese puzzle box. Um, we do also find just an old iron up there, and we can use that to fix the dumbwaiter. We just tie it onto the rope, and then it makes it work again. Which doesn't seem like the real way to fix a dumbwaiter, by the way. <laughs> Oh, just tie something heavy onto it. That'll that'll work. That'll do it. I don't think that's what Rose meant when she said fix the dumbwaiter. I don't think she sure meant jerry-rig an old iron to it so that it, like, functions. There's a broken rope. And maybe replace the rope because I'm sure that the rope is just going to break again. Right. And Especially now that it's got an iron, down. a literal yeah. iron tied to it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, one of my earliest memories of playing this game is actually playing it with you. And I think you had played it before. And it was my first time ever seeing mm. this game because within the first, like, I don't know, it felt, I'm sure it wasn't, but it felt like it was the first, like, 10 minutes. You just went and you did this, no problem. And I was like, how did you know how to fix the dumbwaiter like that? And you're like, it's so obvious. You just tie the iron to the rope. <laughs> like, that's just how it works. How else would how it work? Else would you fix the dumbwaiter? <laughs> God, I was like, all right, very cool. Good to know. <laughs> Corey, I did find a picture. I don't know if you noticed. I saw that. But yeah. in the ones that I sent you from New Year's of that year, I'm playing Haunted yeah. Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably that Maybe day that that, that picture day. was taken. Where you're like, obviously, that's how you fix the dumbwaiter. And oh, I'm like, man. oh, cool. Very oh, my cool. gosh. And you also, like, already knew all the Chinese characters and everything. You, like, had them written down. I'm done. I'm like, we haven't even found them all yet. I'm like, how are you doing this? <laughs> it was great. Oh, oh, I think at that point, I'd probably only played, like, a couple other games in total so far. So it was, it was all very new still <laughs> at the time, which doesn't even feel like a real life now. Oh. A, a world where we don't know everything about these games. And think of the, the beautiful future we had ahead of us of all of the exciting games that were going to come out. I know. Oh, now anyway. I'm just going to get sad. Anyway. <laughs> we also find a lantern up in the attic, which we'll need later for the secret passageway. Because, you know, it's dark in there. Yeah, they're dark. They tend to be dark. Um, and there is also a crowbar that we will need pretty much immediately because we try to leave the attic. We try to lift the trap door and the rope that you use to pull it up instantly breaks in our hands. So we have to get the crowbar and pry it open and we can get back out. It's almost like old rope is not the most secure thing. Hmm. I think that's really what this mansion has taught us. <laughs> Why didn't we just tie the iron to it? <laughs> Next time, though, we do hear something in the hallway, because, again, when every time, pretty much every time yeah. we walk down that hallway to go toward Nancy's room, we hear something spooky happening, or the, I see you, oh or something God. like that. Um, and so now that we have the screwdriver, we can follow the sounds to the vent. That's near Nancy's room, around the corner from from Abby's room. Um, we can use that to open that vent, and we find inside a set of speakers. <gasps> okay, oh. all right. Seems like now we can identify that this is very much intentional. 
fake taunting or fake is taunting. it or is it <laughs> um at this point we can go talk to some of the characters again and then the day ends and as we know abby is putting on the seance that night so it is seance time we get this awesome cutscene of the seance where it's just Nancy, Rose, and Abby sitting around this table in the basement. Um, Abby summons the ghost of Valdez and asks him to join us there. And this disembodied voice actually answers her back. He says, I am Valdez and I am, I've returned to look for my missing wife. Where has she gone? Where can she be? And all of a sudden, because uh, there's this like big mirror behind the, the juice bar that's <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> and we just see this ghost of a woman like floating behind the bar across this mirror. And then she just kind of disappears. And then the, the ghostly voice just kind of fades out. And then Rose is like, okay, well, that was nonsense. Let's go to bed. What? <laughs> That's also the same ghostly figure that we see in the mirror upstairs as well. Right. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we have to investigate this a little bit further because we have to know where all these spooky hauntings are coming from. Uh, we go back down to the basement again during the day and we find a little trap door underneath the table that they'd been sitting at. And inside we find a fog machine and a tape recorder and I think actually a little projector yeah. type thing really that like made it, the yeah. right. It like made the crystal ball or whatever light up or whatever. It made it look more realistic. So seems as though this was actually faked. Dang. Go figure. Oh well. You know, I would love to attend a fake haunt a fake seance. <laughs> It'd be so fun. Anyway. Instead of a real one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean any seance. I wouldn't mind if it was faked, you know? say. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. Um, okay, so at this point we go searching a little bit more around the house. We actually find a few of those tiles that were missing from the fireplace. And what do you know? When you find all of them and put them back into where there's the place where they're supposed to be, a little secret room opens up behind the wall. One of just the first secret passageway oh that we find. Um, there's just this little room filled with old paintings. Just Right behind the fireplace, not much to it. That's pretty much it in there. Um, there's another Chinese character on one of the paintings that we need for the puzzle later on. But we do also see that there's a brick in the wall that looks like it's like not all the way in place. So we open that and we see that there's like a painting in front of where, where we are. Basically, we're looking out from the eyes of the painting from behind yeah. the wall. And there's like a cutout for each of the eyes. So you look out there um, and we see Lewis come back into the library because he wasn't in there when we originally found the secret passageway. He comes back in. He gets a book off of the bookshelf. He looks through it for a second. And then I think like Rose calls to him or something and he has to go in the other room. So he stashes it in his briefcase really quickly, but he leaves the briefcase just sitting on the chair in the library and he goes out of the room. So because we snooped his laptop earlier and we have the key code for his briefcase, we can go in and put in the, the combination and we snoop through. We find... Um, a letter in there saying that he is trying to sell a bunch of Civil War gold bullion, like $50 million worth of this stuff, to an anonymous, he's selling it for an, an anonymous buyer. Um, and it seems to be having trouble actually like getting the sale done or whatever. I don't know. The, the mean, wording in the letter seemed like... No yeah. wonder, because who, I'm sorry, who wants <laughs> to buy Civil War gold bullion? Somebody does. That's horrifying thought. 
Somebody wants it. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Um, but there's also an article in the magazine about hidden treasures in old houses. Um, like literal hidden treasure, like gold from the gold rush type of thing. Um, and we also see that he was looking, the book that he was looking at, that he stashed in there, it's about a Chinese man named Wing Tang who came to work for a woman named Lizzie Applegate here in San Francisco, um, actually at this very house, which we learned that the, the hotel or those bed and breakfast that they're fixing up used to be a hotel called the Golden Gardenia. Um, and they also called it Gumbo Fu. All right. Not really much more information in the book besides that. Um, the only other thing that we see in the briefcase is just a newspaper clipping about Rick Arlen, who um, is from a previous game, Stay Tuned for Danger. We just see a little magazine article about him. Well, so no, I mean, there's, it's a little bit more here. So It's an article about how she, like, solved the case. And it and mentions so, Nancy. And if right, this is so in Lewis's briefcase, then he knows Lewis who she is. knows who we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, interesting. You want to take it from here? Sure, sure, sure. So uh, this is the point in the game where I went back into the basement after Charlie was gone um, and explored a little bit more. And you can find in the game our second secret passageway. There is actually, if you explore around the fireplace area, there's a grate at the bottom of the fireplace that you can open up using crowbar. Um, and there's like a crawl space underneath this fireplace that you have to use the lantern to get through because there's also like holes that you can fall in, which is horrifying. Uh, in the basement too. Yes. So he's under the basement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What holes are under the basement? That's so scary. This is to anyway. the center of the earth. Just to yeah. hell. Holes <laughs> to hell. just fall straight just, through. Yep. Um, and so if you crawl through that, you can find a hidden room behind the bar there's like a two-way mirror where you can see directly into the basement and we are Excellent. standing behind the bar and in this little room there's like a sleeping bag on the floor and like some takeout containers and like a couple books or whatever looks like somebody's been sleeping here and when we get closer and look at all of that we find a floppy disk with a term paper outline about a bandit named El Diablo. And there's like a book also, I think, there about El Diablo. And he apparently stole treasure in a famous heist called the Great Christmas Gold Robbery. And that gold was never found from that robbery. There's also like, I think, some notes maybe that mention Diego Valdez and an apple. Oh, wait, no, sorry. This is after you look at the floppy disk that you can find this information. Right. Right, right, right. All this information is on the floppy disk. Um, that also mentions Diego Valdez and an Applegate connection. Hmm. Mm, this is fascinating. Interesting. But so it's very clear that Charlie has been sleeping back here, right? Because this is his term paper for his college class, right? So we can't actually ever confront Charlie with this, but we can ask him at some point if he's found any secret passageways. And he says he hasn't. Lion. Interesting. He's lying. <laughs> um, also, yeah, we can now open the bedpost in our room with a screwdriver we found and find a little key. Um, and this key will open the desk that's up in the um, attic. Um, we can also talk to Abby again because we're like, hey, yo, you know, Sans was faked, except we can't actually confront her about that. This, I think, is one of the most annoying things in the game for me was 
is when you find out all this information, all this shady information about people, you can't be like, yo, WTF. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, we can ask about the crying in the hallway and say that we've heard crying in the hallway. And Abby just says that it's a phantom resident. Can't tell her about the speaker that we found in the hallway. Can't ask her about the seance being faked or anything like that. Um, she does mention that a lot of the furniture and the books that are in the house came with the house when they bought it, which is interesting information. It probably seems like the key that is from our bedpost is original to the house. Mm. Um, um, we can also ask about the box of papers that we found in the parlor. She tells us that she found that box of papers in her room and she doesn't know a lot about them, but she did find a picture of a woman in men's clothing that was taken on the staircase. Interesting. Very interesting. I thought it was super funny that I just have to mention <laughs> at the end of that conversation that I had with Abby, she tells Nancy to have a celestial day. Yeah. What does that That's mean? That's a good one. <laughs> what does it mean, Corey? What is a celestial day? Every single day is celestial. The sun is in the sky. It's a <laughs> celestial day. Like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> anyway, um, if we wait till Abby leaves, we can snoop through Abby's room. And there's a bunch of fascinating things in there. One, it's just a fun room to be in because of all the decor. Um, but there is a book on Lizzie Applegate in there. Um, and it says that according to legend, this Lizzie Applegate, she was this famous actress in the gold rush time. And according to legend, she fell madly in love with the infamous mass bandit El Diablo during her years entertaining gold mining camps. And it's rumored that she joined his gang of thieves and was present at the Christmas gold robbery of 1878. Hmm. Hmm. Um, also in Abby's room is a bunch of sound equipment. That plays the spooky noises that we've been hearing in the hallway. So, Go figure. Yeah. Abby is haunting this mansion. It's not necessarily the ghost of Valdez. Okay. There is also a book on faking spiritualism. Which is on just like. Nose. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and um, a two-way mirror that looks into the hallway. Um, and this is the mirror that we saw the ghost lady walk into. So we can pretty much guess that Abby has set up this projector situation, another projector situation to make it look like a ghost is walking through the mirror from inside. Right. This does make me think that maybe she knew about the secret passageway behind the... Mm-hmm. I was going to say, we need to talk about Charlie's whole situation we later. Do. We mm -hmm. definitely do. Um, and his relationship with Abby. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. Um, okay, so now that we have the key to the locked desk or, from our, you know, bedpost in our room, we can open up that uh, desk in the attic. Um, and inside it, we find a torn music sheet of this song called The Bandit's Treasure. Um, there's also like a letter that states that someone named E. Valdez owned the Golden Gardenia and is letting their employee, Wing Tang, go because the Golden Gardenia is closing. Um, so oh, we already know that this building is the previous Golden Gardenia Hotel. Um, we can call Emily to get some information on the area's history because, of course, that's super relevant now that we found all of this information. Um, and she tells us that Lizzie Applegate did open a hotel in the area named the Golden Gardenia. 
she also tells us that that phrase that we read from the book that was in Lewis's briefcase, Gumbo Fu, sounds familiar, but she can't remember what it means, but she'll ask her friends about it because I guess she has friends who might know. Um, also, I don't know if this was just because of the time that I called Emily about this or if this happens every time. So when I called her and I was literally talking about Gumbo Fu and the Golden Gardenia and everything, I hear the door behind me in the parlor, like shut. Mm. Does that happen to you? I think that, I don't or know if it, it just... has to be that specific conversation, okay. but I think it can happen while you're on the phone. Yeah. Right, right, right. Another right. excellent haunting. So oh, creative. I thought, it was, I thought it was Lewis coming in or leaving the library or something and it must have been overhearing yeah. the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Um, yeah. Let's see. Okay, so now that we've found this uh, sheet music from upstairs in the desk, we can go play the bandit's treasure on the piano in the basement. And when we do that, the top panel in the piano opens. And inside is another torn piece of paper that looks like it came from the torn music in the attic. And if we overlay those two pieces of paper, like over the lyrics, we can see that there is a message on the original sheet music that says to find Diego on the stairs. It's like instructions. Interesting. Hmm. I wonder what that might mean. Uh, do you want to tell what us? What did we have to do with, with five <laughs> letters on the banister? What, uh, what has five letters in it but Diego's name? So that's what we do. We go and we put Diego's name into the, the banister on the stairs. It works. Once you actually put Diego in, the, the rods on the banister will keep spinning. And it, it spells out coins and then false and then floor. <laughs> All right. Um, but then a baseboard, a panel on the baseboard actually opens up and inside we find a rolled up paper tied with this, um, like there's like a ribbon and then tied to the ribbon is this like metal ornament of a Chinese character. Um, and some mouse droppings are also in there. <laughs> Very cute. <laughs> but we, we open the paper and it's, it's a letter from E to Diego, just the letter E to Diego. It says that the Chinese symbol is a tool to find the treasure that E has kept safe for Diego. Um, and then we do also see a poem. Um, the stars and moon will shine on you as you begin your, your quest. Travel to the corners first, visit all from east to west, then journey back to the center where surely you will see the sun shine over the land in perfect harmony. What a great poem. All right, very cool. So we head back to our room and someone slides a note under our door. This threatening message says, leave the mansion now. Not signed from anyone. We open the door. We don't see anybody there. All right, so we go back down to the parlor and this is that big moment you were talking about earlier. Um, we go in. I think we just need to go talk to Lewis or something. But the whole room is on fire. Well, not the whole room. <laughs> Not quite. Well, there's a blazing fire going on in the, the center of the room. Um, actually, that box of papers that was sitting in front of the fireplace earlier that was talking about the Ladies Protection Society, um, it, it is actually was the source of the fire. So that was lit on fire, and now the rest of the room is slowly going up in flames. So Nancy has to run, get the fire extinguisher, and put it out before the rest of the mansion goes up in flames. 
Um, we do that successfully though. And then we go speak to Rose about this. Um, she says, you know what, this is just so discouraging. Maybe we should just cut our losses before it's too late. Um, you know, I did have that insurance on the, the fire policy and everything. So maybe, you know, maybe I could talk to Lewis. He knows so many people in this industry. Maybe he has a client that we could sell this place to and get it off of our hands. Maybe something to think about. Um, we do learn, though, that the fire department thinks that the box caught on fire because it was too close to the fireplace in the living room. That maybe something um, like a spark flew out from one of the, the fireplace screens and that's what caught the box on fire or something like that. And Rose says, like, oh, you know, I had Charlie, like, or it was his job to buy a new fireplace screen so that, that you know, embers can't fly out of the fireplace and set fires like this. But he didn't or, you know, she kind of blames him for this fire happening. Right. At this point, though, we do still need to figure out what gumbo foo means. We still haven't translated that fully. So we go ask around to see if anybody knows. Nobody really knows. Um, we talked to Lewis and he asks us, wait, where did you hear that phrase? Um, that's kind of weird that you would bring that up. And she's like, what? I read it in like a magazine or something mm -hmm. somewhere. And he's like, oh, um, yeah, it means house of great books. Um, because, you know, during the great fire in San Francisco, people would store like old books and old documents and anything that was like paper, but really valuable. They would store them in certain houses to save them from the fire. And so those particular houses got the name gumbo food during this period of time where these great fires are happening. Okay. It's like very convoluted and like mm -hmm. not super believable, but he gives us this explanation and we're like, all right, sure. Um, and then we go talk to Rose again and she tells us that, Hey, there's this like fall festival or whatever going on in town. So we're actually all going to go to that, but you can't come. So you're going <laughs> to stay here. <laughs> um, you're just going to be alone in the house for a little while. And also, um, there was this like tapestry in your room, not the one with the poem on it, but there's another one in the room that she's like, Oh, by the way, I took it down to have it cleaned. Um, and also a letter came for you, for you. So I just put it up in your bedroom and we're like, okay, great. Thanks. Thanks, Rose. So we go up and we see the letter that came is from Emily. And she tells us that her friend was able to learn the meaning of gumbo foo. It actually means gold treasure mansion. So Lewis lied right to our faces. <laughs> yeah. But right to our face. Yeah. Why would he do that, Plural. Corey? Why would he lie about something like that? I just Why don't would he believe lie it. about gold in an old San Francisco mansion? <laughs> Um, yeah. So also, um, that spot where Rose took the tapestry down from, we see that there's actually like a wall puzzle behind where that tapestry was. And obviously we didn't notice it before because the tapestry was there. So we're able to go over to this puzzle. Um, it is a Chinese Zodiac puzzle. So we just have to click on the animals in order of what they actually appear in, in the Chinese Zodiac. And... After we do this, a wall safe opens up behind it. Um, we have to enter all the correct Hanzi characters in order based on that poem on the tapestry that's hanging in our room and based on all the characters that we found throughout the mansion. Corey, is there gold in the safe? Is there gold in the safe? Is there gold in the safe? Do you want to tell them what else is in there? No, there's no gold in the safe. But there is something quite special in there. It's the last will and testament of Elizabeth Applegate. Valdez. What? Who? <laughs> now we get it. So she and Diego Valdez um, were married. Um, and she left him almost her entire estate. Unless he died or was missing for a year after her death. 
in which case her estate would be liquidated and passed to the Ladies Protection Society, which we know based on the papers from the box in the parlor is what happened. So, okay, so E is Elizabeth Applegate. Elizabeth Applegate on this place. She was a part of Diego Valdez's gang and they executed the great Christmas robbery and there's this missing gold and she's saying that she kept gold missing for Diego and now there are these instructions. All right. We get it. We're about to find Excellent. the Christmas gold, the Christmas robbery gold. <laughs> um, in the safe, there are some love letters from Diego to Lizzie. Um, <laughs> he happens to mention that he uh, gives all of the money that he's stolen from his crimes to the poor. So because he has to be a likable <laughs> outlaw. Don't worry, y'all. He's a good guy. Um, and all the Civil War gold that he has was stolen from the bad people. It's not It's not actually... he. He's not the He's bad a benevolent people. bad guy. He stole the gold from the racists, so don't worry about it. Yes. Um, he's the Robin Hood of <laughs> Wild West Outlaws. I guess so. Um... So then we can use the little gold ornament to, I think, open something. I forget. Um, yeah, you have to use it to click on one of the puzzles. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And we do a little quick flip puzzle, which the poem in Lizzie's letter to Diego from the stairs is the solution to. Um, and a slider puzzle to open this little pyramid, which is this Chinese puzzle box. Uh, and inside that... It is a tiny little ruby. Where have we seen a, a ruby missing before? In the Phoenix head bus on the stairs. So this is when we have to remember our poem, which I don't think I actually ever read before, but let me read it. I wrote it down up here. So listen, my child, to the story of dreams and know that the beginning is more difficult than it seems. When the ten daughters are reunited in order... When the four-sided box loses its border, when the eye of the phoenix is in your hand, which it is, yep. um, when the bird of fire can see again, so we have to go put that ruby back in there, when the moon sleeps and the sun plays, so it's got to be daytime, the king of the sky will shine his rays, and hidden beneath the river of colors will lie a gate to golden wonders. Okay. Excellent poem. So we have to make sure that it's daytime. So we need to set our alarm if it's not daytime. Take the phoenix eye downstairs, put it in the phoenix head. Um, and then suddenly light bounces off the phoenix eyes in another great animation and illuminates a section of the floor. And now remember from the stairs, false floor coins. So we go and we open it with the crowbar, I think. And we see the treasure. Heaps of gold. I think there are some jewels in there maybe too. Oh my god. Excellent. But then we get knocked over the head. And when we come to Lewis is clearing out all the gold from this little hole in the floor. 
he is, of course, here at the mansion trying to hunt down this gold that he's researched that he knows is probably here from the Great Christmas Robbery, from the reference from Wing Tang about Gumbo Fu. So he knows that this is here and he's been sabotaging all of the renovations to try to get this place to shut down so that he can search for the treasure in peace, right? Um, and when we come to, we have just this one chance to stop him. Um, and we have to sneak up the other side of the stairs because one side of the stairs creaks. And if you go up that side of the stairs, he'll notice, um, and be able to run away before we can catch him. But if you sneak up the other side of the stairs, you can unhook the chandelier, which falls on him and stops him from getting away with the coins. Yay. Yep. And that's the end of the game. And we get our final letter, uh, which Nancy writes to Bess. And she tells Bess that the house is finally finished being renovated. Of course, we learn that Lewis is behind the accidents. He was hoping to pressure Rose into selling, right? Um, and we learn that the bank is giving Abby and Rose a reward for finding the coins. But of course, they couldn't keep them because they were stolen property, right? Darn bummer um they went back to the original bank that it was stolen from in the great christmas robbery which is bananas honestly that was so long ago how are they still using gold bullion how does that bank still exist <laughs> um and of course now the bnb &B is fully booked thanks to this amazing discovery it blew up in the news and now there's this cool history associated with the house and of course the ghost of lizzie valdez haunting the place love and it and the end so Yay. good so good what an excellent mystery i just it wish really it was is. longer i just know if they'd made this game 10 years later it would have been easily twice as long just mm -hmm. more fleshed out so good yeah i love a good historical mystery yeah. mixed in with a modern day mystery yeah definitely definitely yeah honestly i a whole lot of it it's it makes sense to me like i don't think there's yeah. a whole lot of plot holes in this game there's nothing that really stands no, honestly. out i mean there's certainly stuff we can, like, theorize about, but I don't think sure. there's any, like, massive gaps, you know? I think even with the hauntings, we explain most of them. Of course, there are some yeah. that we can't explain. The uh, the bird on the table, no. move, the carved wooden bird moving. Yeah, let's and... talk about the haunting, because... Okay. So, yeah, it's set up to be that, like, well, Abby's haunting place right so abby is setting right. up this fake haunting she sets up the fake seance she plants the speakers she puts projectors in places so that we see the ghosts and everything and that all makes sense but yeah there's stuff that is never explained like the swan head and even the shadows it's like how would she have managed some mm -hmm. of that and um yeah and so it's like well is it haunted because maybe it's haunted maybe it's also really actually haunted <laughs> with the um when you're leaving the basement going upstairs and the door just slams on you, but nobody's there. Mm -hmm. She couldn't have faked that. There's no. no way. Some of these things, it's impossible for her to have faked. Like and somebody like getting up saying, from the chair yeah, right in front of you. How? Mm -mm. How? You can't. Side no. note, that happened to Lance. When he was... <gasps> no way. <laughs> yeah, so he went no on way. a vacation with his family to Virginia or something. And they were looking through like all of these like 
civil war or whatever they were going to like museums and stuff and there was like one location i forget where they were i'll have to have him tell the story to me again later but he and his dad like his dad was sitting on a bed and he was like standing right there and then there was just a depression of like someone just sitting right next to his dad on the bed nope where is he can he come in and tell the story how long ago is this his dad or lance (laughs) because lance yeah it no, was this me... like recent or no 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 this was years and years ago. Oh, okay this okay was <gasps> but yeah that's crazy oh my <laughs> gosh oh i would have cried but like how do you fake that how do you fake that and you can't i mean unless you have like a chair that's set up that's got like some sort of mechanical function and it moves but just a normal chair you can't you can't fake that right i mean right that's just a chair so oh, i don't my know gosh. man i don't know i think so i think the the one I think the game missed an opportunity here to kind of hit that a little bit harder um, yeah. because it is really spooky and everything, but they never really take an opportunity to be like, you know, leave anything purposefully say that things may be open-ended. Like there should be a right. point in the narration where like, or like in dialogue where Nancy's talking to Abby at the end and be like, you know, well, how did you do this part? And she's like, what are you talking about? I didn't do that. You I know? really like that. Or, yeah. you know, or like in the final letter to Bess or something, Nancy being like, I mean, some of it, I just still can't make sense of, you know, mm-hmm. something like that, something to that effect, because that would have just been like that chef's kiss, you know, but yeah. I would have liked, um, some spooky dream sequences as well, mm, where maybe she's God, like yes. dreams, something scary. Ugh. She should dream about the great Christmas robbery. She like she's <gasps> yes. She sees it, it go down. Yeah. Yes. That would yeah. be amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would have been so cool. And they also don't really mention, I mean, Abby talks about finding that picture of the woman dressed in men's clothing. But of course that's supposed to be Lizzie Applegate, right? But right. we there should be more about that as like we see the ghost of a man. No, it's actually Lizzie Applegate, mm-hmm. and, and Nancy could be right. having dreams about it, and then she realizes it's actually Lizzie. It would, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Speaking of Abby faking some of these things, or mm-hmm. all of them, most of them, mm-hmm. we see well, obviously from her upstairs bedroom, she has that two-way mirror that she can like. There's like a panel she can open it, and you can see out into the hallway right. with the the two-way mirror. Obviously, we figure out she uses the projector from inside the room to do that. You kind of hinted at this earlier. How does she do that in the basement when Charlie's living in that room that's behind there, which is where she would need to set up the projector? Right. So is she fully aware that Charlie's living there? Or did she somehow miss a sleeping bag and a whole setup that somebody has? She's got to know. It's my theory that she's got to know. But she makes it seem like she has no idea. She does. She's like barely even aware that he exists almost like, oh, that's Rose's job. If Charlie needs something, tell Rose. Like, well, So we also have to think about, too, the fact of what Rose mentioned at the beginning, where she said, like, she and Abby were talking. And then 20 minutes later, Charlie shows right. up. So um, clearly he could overhear this conversation and had right. already so been living there before there. they even. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but how did he get there? How did he know about this? Where did he even get the idea to look into this whole uh, Diego Valdez situation and this missing gold? How did he, where did that come from? And the only answer is Abby. 
Right? Or he was researching it for school because he had that paper and was like, oh, how that happens he to be here in town. To get into this mansion. Unless Maybe it was sitting vacant in. for a while. Right. Maybe he did Maybe. break in before they really started renovations and just happened to be there. And then they're like, oh, we need somebody to help us. He was like, well, this is my opportunity to get like, you know. My theory is that he was definitely researching it beforehand. But then when Abby and Rose by the mansion, he somehow reaches out to Abby, gets in contact with Abby. Abby lets him come into the mansion and then brings up this conversation with Rose. And then, you know, Charlie just happens to show up. And so that's a way for him to legitimately get into and, and investigate for his Interesting. Paper. That's my thought. And also, maybe he and Abby are, like, together, are, like, a thing. Maybe. I know Abby's supposed to be much older than him, but I don't know. I can see it. I've seen a lot in the fandom of people shipping Rose and Abby together, though. Oh, Like, oh, this is, you know, they went into business together because they're partners. Yeah, so. Oh, I'm definitely for that as well. But I just think, theory-wise, they have to know each other. Right. And also, if they do know each other, why would she just let this random kid into this? Like, what's in it for her? You know what I mean? Right. And I think the only way is if he is, like, romancing her. Sure. <laughs> I mean, because he can't. He doesn't or have any money. Or he's related he can't, somehow. He can't right. pay her. Right. Maybe he's, maybe he's related to her. But, like, what's in it for her? Like, why? I mean. Right. Unless, unless he gives her the idea that she should fake this haunting to drum up business. Maybe. And then, hey, I'll help you with the haunting. Maybe he built the table in the basement for her to use in the seance. Maybe. Well, that's a good thing. Maybe. <laughs> Just trying to think. Because there's not really... You don't really see any ways out of the mansion other no. than, obviously, the main front door, which we can't leave anyway because the whole game is set inside but i mean surely there must be some side doors and back doors somewhere but there's got to be maybe not a secret maybe that's why the shrubbery was damaged or whatever Mm. because he had to like cut some of it away to get to the secret passageway on the side of the house maybe maybe that's a stretch but maybe i don't know yeah but otherwise it could indicate that abby's been letting him in and out you Mm -hmm. know and he just sneaks down to the basement in the night yeah I mean, so the basement, so the secret passageway or the secret room behind the bar opens up through that tunnel underneath the fireplace into the basement, but it also opens up in like a secret panel in the wall in the hallway above the basement. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so he could be coming in and out through there, but he would still have to get to that hallway somehow. Right. Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah. Very interesting. Now we got to read the book for sure. I know. I know. My gosh. Hopefully it explores that a little bit more. That's funny. Yeah. Well, anything else we want to discuss? Oh, wait, I have something. So, okay. (laughs) So we've talked about how this mansion is massive. It's beautiful. All of this stuff. Please explain to me how Rose and Abby afforded to buy this place, even pooling their money. We don't ever know what Rose has done. Maybe she's you know, she has family money or something. But we learned from Hannah that Abby was the drama coach in River Heights. 
Yeah. So <laughs> she certainly doesn't have enough money to buy this place, even in the year 2000, which I know, you know, was a different time in real estate or whatever. But even then, this place would have been so expensive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, m- millions of dollars. Millions. Like, Who knows? Maybe maybe Rose just had some money. Maybe one of them got maybe. an inheritance. So maybe they got a <laughs> massive loan. Who knows? Maybe, 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 maybe. It says they Hannah mentions that they pooled their life savings, and I was like, unless they've each saved like five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it. I don't know. But yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I keep thinking of ways to remaster it. I know, I know. If this game were to be made today, yeah. Yeah. What, do you have any other major thoughts? No, I'm just thinking about going and doing more San Francisco things. Yeah. I'm almost thinking back to the one, um, the Girl Detective book, where they started in San Francisco but ended Mm -hmm. up in Hawaii, where Mildred Mm -hmm. got kidnapped or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm Because that has a fun little Mildred reference as well. Yeah. Trade Wind Danger. Oh. That sounds right, but that's such a dumb name. I'm sorry. Not, none of those titles were good, so. I'm trying to think what else. No, just more expansion on the, uh, the Lizzie Applegate mystery. Mm-hmm. Have a mid- midnight dream about her or something. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where she's trying to tell Nancy, reach out through her dreams, tell her, you know, explain that she was in love with Diego and where the gold came from and. Yeah. Maybe we find a trunk in, uh, in the attic or something with her clothes, like mm. all of her disguises and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Maybe we could do like a dress up Nancy thing, like in Phantom of Venice in her old clothes. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> and this is what Nancy would wear if she was an actress <laughs> back in the 1800s. <laughs> and this is what Nancy would wear if she was trying to commit uh <laughs> robbery. Stagecoach robbery? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what is so the is term? it a train robbery? A train yeah. robbery? I don't know. Anyway. Back then, I assume funny. everything was a stagecoach robbery. Cause... Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd hope it was. Just for the, yeah. you know, the shenanigans of it. The theatrics of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay. Good job, Her Interactive. Mm-hmm. For your third Nancy Drew game, this was the it's solid a, one, for it's sure. It's a real banger. So what, would, what score mm-hmm. would you give it, Corey? What flashlight score? Uh, I'm going to say a four. Yeah, I think that's where I land, too. I think I landed a four of flashlights. I would not give it higher than that, because I do feel like this one was short. I feel like there were some missed opportunities. Um, but overall, really solid. Really strong game. There aren't really any glitches or anything like that, anything unsolvable. It's pretty straightforward. Um, I did have a little bit of trouble triggering the seance this time, but I think it's just because I forgot how you were supposed to do that. I forgot that you had to go talk to Abby to do that. Some Um, things are hard to trigger. I think you can go the whole game without ever having – well, you can. (laughs) You can go without actually doing anything for the seance. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, But other than that, I mean – Solid. Good. Excellent. Good lore. Good opportunity for being oh, like, excellent lore. you know, theorizing like we mm-hmm. love to do. Yeah. And I think it would be a really, really fun game to remaster as we have discussed. Absolutely. So. I think it deserves it. It definitely, definitely. does. Definitely. 
All the mm-hmm. old ones do. I mean, except for, yeah. of course, Treasure and Royal Tower, which is already perfect and you can't convince me otherwise. Um, so, you know. <laughs> Corey's like, I, I don't know. After seeing, no, no, no. I, oh, I think yeah. it's a wonderful game. After no, seeing the fan remaster of it, it's yeah. just absolutely gorgeous. So yeah. th- there's only, there, there are ways to improve, but not because it's bad to begin with. It's like, yeah, this could just be more modern day beautiful. <laughs> I'm mostly joking. Yeah, no, that's I'm totally most- fair. It's great. Don't if you do anything with Treasure in the Royal Tower, just make it, you know, that make the navigation easier, yeah, maybe make it slightly longer, maybe a couple yeah. extra puzzles or something, but it really doesn't need anything. But no with Message in a Haunted Mansion, I think my only complaints are just that like it could be longer. There could be more <laughs> puzzles. It's all just things that come yeah. with the nature of it having been released in 2000 that it was only ever going to be that length. It was, you know, they made yeah. it as good as it possibly could have been made for the time that it was made in, which is yeah. still pretty impressive. So, yeah, definitely. Love it. It's great. Definitely. Okay. Uh, so, Corey, do you want to tell them what we are going to be covering next? Yes, absolutely, because it's another, well, honestly, it's probably top five for me. Another game, um, we are going to be covering the final scene, which is something that we've already covered in book form, which is pretty, it's a pretty faithful adaptation of the book, although there are definitely some changes, and we haven't really talked about the the mechanics of the game itself or any of the Mm -hmm. suspects and the way they changed and combined characters, so it's going to be a great one. I love this game so much. the final scene. It's so good. It's such a great ambiance. It's such a great oh. setting. It's just classic. the drama, the like urgency of the mystery itself is fantastic. The Houdini stuff, excellent. Great vibes. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yep. yes, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so. my first game ever, so it's oh. got a very special place in my heart. I love this one. Yes, they always do. Well, here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and yeah, we hope you will join us then, regular Drews, as we discuss yeah, the, fi- the final scene. So, yep. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at RegularNancyDrew and Twitter at RegularND. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.